Welcome to the Patient Flow Podcast, powered by Teletracking. On today's episode of the Patient Flow Podcast, we welcome Anne Hanford, Assistant Vice President of Capacity Management and Patient Flow Optimization at NYU Winthrop Hospital. Anne is a visionary who has successfully implemented a variety of web-based applications for NYU. Susan McLaughlin talks to Anne about NYU's partnership to maintain patient flow standards. Let's listen in. And I understand that the Joint Commission considers the following reasons essential to maintaining patient flow standards. So to decrease overcrowding, to provide timely care to patients through minimization of delays, and to maintain patient safety. When NYU needed to develop comprehensive documentation that would demonstrate that type of compliance, how did you use teletracking's reporting capabilities to establish goals? And who was part of the team that you brought together to do that? One of the first things I did was I, I had ran many varied reports from teletracking just to see what our baseline was and then to start there to establish goals. And I used many different reports, bed tracking reports, transport tracking reports, pre-admission tracking reports, and some portal reports as well. And so when I saw what our baseline performance was, then I was easily able to establish goals, which were to achieve and to set up an action plan. And the approach you took was, was extremely comprehensive. Let's just talk about some of the teletracking solutions that were a part of your plan and some of the metrics that you were able to achieve with those. Starting off with bed tracking. What type of action plan and metrics did you, did you achieve with that? Well, Susan, for bed tracking, what, what I did was, first and foremost, was really to establish what our goal would be, what our objectives would be, and what I did was to use the Institute for Healthcare Improvements, IHI's model for improvement. So they really focused on establishing a global aim and a smart aim, and a smart aim meaning that your goal was specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and timely. So we concentrated on our smart aims in particular. So for bed tracking in particular, our global aim was really to improve the efficiency of our bed cleaning process. So the smart aim that we used was specifically to decrease our bed turnaround time. And the way we did that was through decreasing our response time because that's where we saw we had an opportunity. In doing so, we set up an action plan. We used um, bed tracking data, as I said, from our reports. We educated the staff, motivated the staff. Um, we deployed the iPhone devices. We unzoned our high volume bed cleaning demand time. And we also deployed the bed tracking dashboard. And we educated the staff regarding what our goals would be and what they were you know, set out to be. Our outcomes really resulted in our request to in progress time on behalf of the bed cleaner, which is really our response time for all intents and purposes. And that decreased by, um, or we saw an improvement by 50% after our action plan was um, implemented. And then also our re request to complete time, so the time from when a requester put in for a bed clean um, to the time it was completed, we saw an improvement in time of about 33% as a result of our action plan. So we were very, very, very happy to see those outcomes and just continuously improve to get better and better. The bed turnaround time is, is one part of that patient flow process. It's one aspect that's extremely important. Regarding pre-admit tracking, mm -hmm. um, how did you address that performance improvement priority? 
Okay, so the global aim that we looked at for that was to really improve the bed placement time for new admitted patients. And our smart aim there specifically was to decrease our admission time to bed occupied time or our request to bed occupied time. And how we specifically did that was specifically to decrease our bed request to assign time, but also our assigned to occupy time. So, and how we did that was we deployed some best practices. We centralized our bed placement process. We were not centralized before. We were, some services and some units were permitted to assign their own beds. So that was changed completely. We assigned on clean beds only. We had, been, we had not been doing that. We had been assigning beds um, on, in dirty status and in progress status. We also assigned clean beds to patients when they were ready to move. So we had deployed the ready to move a function and feature and we hardwired that. And we set an assigned to occupied goal. We also deployed the patient tracking portals on every single patient care unit. And then we subsequently deployed them in each of our portals of entry and um, saw a great improvement with that. It brought transparency to the units, which I'll, I'll tell you about a little later. And we also transported patients timely, so once the bed was assigned. So that has also decreased our request to occupy time. As far as an outcome goes, that has decreased by at least a 50% reduction in that time. And specifically, from request to occupy, I call it the Part A, the request to assign and Part B is assigned to occupy. So Part A, we decreased request to assign by 60% and assigned to occupy by 40%. We've had some great outcomes with regard to the action plan that we deployed for that. Oh, those numbers are very, very impressive. And I imagine as an additional benefit is patient satisfaction has to be impacted by that. People are getting to where they need to be in a, in a timely Absolutely. fashion. Absolutely. We're starting to see some of our HCAP scores related to specific areas of patient flow starting to improve. But what I'm going to be looking at more closely is from our CRS reporting, really looking at our ready to move to assign times because that's really best practice. I have been using our standard reports for this process, but as I delve more into CRS, because we just recently deployed that application, so as I start to build those CRS, those custom reports, I'll be able to look at that. Because we do only assign on ready to move, but I'm not able to measure that specifically just yet. So with CRS, I will be. The patient tracking portal performance, mm -hmm. how did you address that? So the patient tracking portal, what our global aim there was to increase the situational awareness on every single patient care unit, not only of the patient's location status, but also of their discharge status. So the specific aim that we targeted was really to increase our pending discharges or identification of our patients who were pending discharge and to increase that compliance with that use of that function and feature, but also in addition to increase the use of our projected discharge date and time. We did deploy a discharge readiness program at the same time. So what that consisted of is we actually pended patients 24 hours in advance. And what was key there is that when we did pend a patient for discharge, we also notified them of their anticipated discharge. And that was key. And we engaged them in their role and responsibility in their discharge plan in that ensuring that they had set up a transportation plan for themselves. We also quite uniquely used the comments field in pre-admit tracking to enter any pending tests and procedures that the patient needed to completion of so that they could be medically cleared for discharge and actually graduate to a confirmed discharge. And so what we used was we entered those pending tests in the comments section and we actually exported that list 
to an Excel spreadsheet which got distributed to the ancillary areas that were responsible for completion of those pending tests and procedures. And upon receipt, they would prioritize scheduling of the appended patients and they would actually complete those tests and procedures early in the day so that these patients that were appended had an opportunity to be confirmed early in the day and actually depart earlier in the day. So that has been uh, a great success. As far as an outcome, achieved, we've increased our pending compliance rate over time from a, probably an average of about 42%. We started at only 25% compliance and we've gone to as high as 67% so far. Um, we've also decreased our percent of discharges by 12 noon. That we have been able to double and also our median discharge time, we've been able to decrease that by 90 minutes or so about an hour and a half. Each of these outcomes that we've achieved have, have really had a positive effect on our patient flow. Finally, related to transport tracking, mm -hmm. yes. how did you prioritize that and what steps did you take? Again, using the IHI model for improvement, we established a global aim for transport by improving the efficiency of the patient transport process. And specifically, our SMART aim was really to increase the transport trip time. Where we saw opportunity was really to, like EBS, to decrease the transporter's response time to the transport request. So what we embarked on was an optimization pro project with uh, teletracking, where we completely rezoned the entire physical plant. And that resulted in transporters transporting patients more times laterally than vertically. And so they were using elevators less often, and they were actually able to decrease their transport trip time, which is, was our goal, and uh, become more efficient. Also, we had set goals for the transport staff. We had educated them. We motivated them. We also deployed iPhone devices for them as well. And we started a readiness for transport uh, performance improvement project with a lot of the patient care units. Because what transport was seeing was many cancellations, and that was definitely impeding their efficiency. As an outcome of all of that, we were able to decrease the transport request to completion time by about 33%. The good news was that we were able to accommodate an increase in volume without having to increase our FTE count. And you mentioned patient experience before. And what we look at specifically is our test-to-room transports. Those have a very positive effect on patient experience because if you're ever a patient like I have been myself, you never want to wait, especially if I am, have had a test or procedure performed, it's now completed and I'm waiting to go back to my room. So those are your test to room transports. And so for those, we targeted those specifically to decrease the time it was taking our patients to get back to their room. And so that has positively impacted patient experience because in that patients have been more satisfied. So I think next steps for us will be deploying the access management suite um, in particular, the Community Access Portal and also Transfer Center. I'm looking forward to that. But more importantly, from what I'm hearing, the good news is that it sounds as if the Community Access Portal and the Access Management Suite and Transfer Center will be moving on to the continuum of care and actually looking into community placement, which I'm very excited about. Because I also have a background in not only critical care, but also many years in case management. And so, and I know that was always a challenging area to have those patients depart timely and receive acceptances timely from post-acute care facilities. So I'm excited to get um, see what evolves from a teletracking perspective in that way and seeing how I can leverage that 
portion of the application. But for my hospital in particular, we don't own or, or we have no post-acute care facilities that are part of our health system. So we always have to go external. And that is probably even more challenging than if you had an internal or within network post-acute care facility to work with side by side. So I'm actually looking forward to the community placement portion. Any other goals on the horizon or what are your next steps? You've, you've had so much success so far. I think uh, next step is just really to mature, probably CRS and our dashboards. They have been deployed fairly recently and um, staff are still getting used to how to use them more effectively. So I think that will be our goal. But in addition, you know, moving on then to implementing Transfer Center as our next steps. We do about only, I wouldn't say about a thousand transfers a year, so I'm looking to increase that. And um, I've just actually put forth a business plan to do that to our senior leadership, and hopefully uh, that will happen very soon. Also, community access portal, because we do a lot of direct admissions, and um, physicians don't have an easy access or easy way of having their patients access our, our organization now. So if I can make that even more streamlined for one patient, it'll be well worth it. Thank you for listening to the Patient Flow Podcast powered by Teletracking. We take pride in bringing you insightful conversations with the leading experts in patient flow, as well as tips on industry best practices to help ensure patients get the right care in the right place at the right time.